From Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, this is the KZYX News for Monday, January 8th. I'm Sarah Reif. Coho spawning season is in full swing. That means fisheries biologists are donning waders and venturing into freshwater rivers and streams to see how many anadromous fish have come home from the open ocean. On the south fork of the Noyo River at Camp 1 in the Jackson Demonstration State Forest, state agencies, the UC Cooperative Extension, and nonprofit conservation organizations have been counting adult fish in their reds, or nests, since 2009. On Saturday, a couple dozen visitors took a field trip to the site to watch the life cycle stages of the iconic species. Dave Wright is a retired fisheries biologist who used to work for the Nature Conservancy. Fifteen years ago, he and a colleague, Sean Gallagher, developed the survey protocol that's still in use today. We were two fish biologists that were also surfers. Basically, what we wanted to know is how many fish were here. We had no idea. It was just really important for, from a recovery perspective to know how many fish you had, you know, and whether how these creeks are responding to your recovery efforts. I mean, are we making more fish? Are they going away? I mean, we, we had no idea. You could have told me there were 30 fish in the Noyo, or 300 fish, or 30,000, and I would have just put up my hands because there was no way to know other than coming out and just looking at the creek. We kind of developed the statistical analysis of it for this region, but we didn't invent spawning surveys. In the stream across the meadow from a covered row of picnic tables, a small dam forces the fish to swim through a weir into a little bunker that used to be an egg collecting station in the hatchery days. Every two weeks, biologists from the California Department of Fish and Wildlife, or CDFW, count the adults, mark them, and extrapolate how many fish are in the river. Sarah Gallagher is a senior environmental scientist with CDFW. Her husband is Wright's former colleague. She stood in a light rain on Saturday and talked about the season. So right now we're in um, the main run of coho salmon. They've been spawning um, in our river since about November. The, the outlook is pretty good in a lot of our watersheds. It's a stronger year class. Um, three years ago, we had a pretty good population. So three years later, they have a three-year life uh, cycle. We're seeing pretty good numbers. So we're, we're, we're pretty pleased about that. We have good rainfall. So that means that they have lots of places to get to their spawning habitat. So, um, so far, so, so good. And what about steelhead? Do they come through here? Yes, steelhead are just starting to come in. I, I think one of our crews were out on a spawning survey this weekend, saw one of the first steelhead of the year. So they are just starting. Their um, prime spawning time is more starting into January and February, and they spawn all the way out through May. Um, coho will um, pretty much be finished up in February. While neither species is anywhere near the recovery target set by NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, their numbers have remained stable throughout the years they've been monitored. Last year, 800 steelhead and 1,200 coho came back to the Noyo. The target numbers are 4,000 for coho and 3,400 for steelhead. The trend was in decline right. when, when we started, and at least it's not in decline yeah. now. That's the, the yeah. real positive thing that I can say, and, and that may actually be a very big deal. Gallagher and Wright say that cooperative timber companies are ideal partners for conservation efforts because it's difficult to manage large sections of habitat with multiple owners who are developing the land and using the water. They say the large local timber companies have biologists on staff who work with CDFW. 
The data from the monitoring program on the Noyo is used to prioritize conservation projects like repairing culverts that block fish passage and addressing sediment from a network of roads that were carved into the landscape during 150 years of industrial logging. Another ongoing project is replacing large woody debris in the waterway to slow down the flow, create pools, and provide cover for fish. This mitigates the bowling alley effect that was created in the 1970s when management practices included removing wood from the rivers. Wright described one recent success as a small breakout group of field trippers looked down into the water. We're looking at a female coho that's building a, a fish nest, which we call a red. And she's actively scouring out the uh, bottom substrate. She's sort of at the tail end of a pool, which is where they typically do, do this. And she's found the right size cobbles that she can push around with her tail. And her, is her tail white because she's scraped all the scales off? Is that what happens to them? Partially, but also uh, when the fish come up to spawn, they shut down all of their other uh, metabolic systems. Their digestive system shrinks and basically their immune system just shuts off. They're called kelts and that's a, an actual fungus that they have on them and that a, after she lays her eggs that'll progress and she will die and that she'll be covered with that stuff. Yeah, they, they look like zombies and she'll spend her last days guarding that nest and she'll look progressively more white like that. Sort of like me. <laughs> At another stop, Gallagher explained how the decomposing carcass of a small jack, or male fish, illustrated another success. It's still intact, so I don't think something ate it. And yes, it has all this wear on it. So it's been like fighting with other males. It's been rubbing its belly on the ground with females. The tail's worn off. Sometimes this is more of a female trait where you have the whole tail worn off. Um, how did a shark bite it? When they're this small, sometimes it could be a female. It would be a small female, but um, because it has a pretty good kite, it's a male and some of the coloration. The youngest visitors weren't sure if they were horrified or delighted by the transfer of nutrients from the ocean to the forest floor. Animals were eating it when it was dead. Yeah, that's, they, they, that is exactly right. Yeah, that's salmon a, feed the whole forest when they come back. They do, and there's a caddis fly. They bring all these really good nutrients from the ocean because they've been feeding out there for a long time. For KZYX News, I'm Sarah Wright. For all our local news, with photos and more, visit kzyx.org. You can also subscribe to the KZYX News Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.